as long as you understand the basics, you can operate as an investor. And believe it or not, you'll be better than 70% of the people out there that are investing today because you'll know more than they do. So, you know, take the time. It's something that you can do. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo. In this episode of Getting Money Right, we're going to be talking about investing mistakes. Yes, uh, some of our own personal mistakes <laughs> and mistakes that others have written in about making in their you know, course of investing. And of course, our goal and the heart is to equip you to avoid making some of these mistakes yourself. Yeah. Uh, it'll save you literally thousands and thousands of dollars if you learn from other people's mistakes, especially on investing. Mm -hmm. And it will allow you to have a lot better rate of return and long-term growth in your investments. So this episode was inspired by an article in the Sound Mind Investing newsletter. Sound Mind Investing is a really great group that basically their whole their whole focus is on investing. Mm -hmm. uh, they do it with a biblical perspective. And in this particular newsletter, they did an article called, Are You Making Any of These common investing mistakes. Yeah. Uh, this was written by Austin Pryor and Matt Bell, uh, July 29th of 2020. And so it just came out a little while ago and uh, we were reading it and thought it was great. It inspired us. We'll pull a few quotes from it and then we'll also share some of our own thoughts and uh, inspirations behind what it's looked like in our life. So yeah. Leo, what are some of the common mistakes and how did this article strike you? Like what's going through your head? Yeah. So what happened is I got the newsletter. I started reading through it and uh, <laughs> it was reading my mail a little bit because I made those same mistakes myself. But really what they did is they asked their members, this organization has been around for 30 years. So they asked their members, what are some of the common mistakes that you've made in relation to investing? So based on that information, of course, they shared some of those stories, which we're not going to get into ourselves, but we do recommend you, you read this article. Go to soundmindinvesting.com and you can get their newsletter if you want to do that. And of course, it's a great organization. We just really want to recommend it to you because what they're doing is they serve as almost a, as an investment firm, but yet they are not taking your money investing for you. They're just guiding you how to invest. So it's a great, great resource. It's been around for 30 years. And it's actually something that, uh, that I read quite a bit and, and, and really benefit from. So we wanted to recommend it. But also to talk about some of the things that they shared, which are so common to the things that you and I, David, have talked about. Oh, we've talked about these. <laughs> these and, are good. Yeah. So, so some of the. So I'll just name a few things that they asked, and then they went into, and then we'll kind of touch on them a, a little deeper. So first was number one was waiting too long to invest. That was their number one uh, mistake that people made from their uh, that they were the people that they asked, right? Their members not getting educated on investment basics earlier, right? So people started investing but really didn't understand it. And of course, you make a lot of mistakes when you don't know what you're doing. Right, right. Uh, and we're not talking about becoming an expert, but just the basics. Uh, that was another issue. Not living on a long-term investment plan. So meaning that, you know, you make decisions in the moment, how the market's doing, should I buy, should I sell? And not having a plan makes you make those emotional decisions rather than the logical decision. That's one of the big things that they uh, that they saw as a, a huge mistake for many of their members. Also, too busy with other things, meaning they never got around to investing mm -hmm. or learning about investing mm -hmm. because it was just too, they're just, people are just too busy. And we could all they relate to that. They didn't have access to getting money right. <laughs> That's that right. was the real problem. That's if they right. had getting money right, their problems would have been solved. 
Another investment mistake is not having enough margin so that when you're investing, you're actually investing money you could lose and you're not doing it from the wrong motivation. Mm -hmm. right? you're, you're doing it because you know this is a step in getting you to a, a better place financially. But it's not, you're not taking a risk trying to make up for mistakes you've made. You're just doing it as a part of a strategy. Over-investing in a single stock or an employer stock was another one. That's huge. And also over-delegating the responsibility of managing their investments to a financial planner or someone that they trusted but didn't verify, didn't know what they were doing. They just said, I'm going to give you the money, make me a lot. Yeah. And it didn't turn out that way. This is a big mistake. Yeah. People will... Yeah. It, it is a little bit confusing. Mm -hmm. It does take some education sure. on the basics. Sure. And a lot of people don't want to take the time to do that education and to learn about this topic. And so they just hand it off. Yeah. And so we'll talk about that. But uh, not only over delegating, but also investing in, I'm going to put air quotes here, you can't see them, but in opportunities yeah. uh, with unusually high rates of return. Right. These uh, things that are like, no, no, if you invest in this today, it'll double your money, you know, next week or yep. next Can't year. Lose. Yep. Can't lose. Right. right. These guaranteed investments. Um, that's a big investment mistake that a lot of people fall into. And then finally, trying to time the market is yep. another very common investment mistake. So let's just start at the top of the list, Leo, and mm -hmm. talk about some of our experiences and what we've seen and any really good insights from this article. Yeah, that's good. So the first one is obviously is waiting too long. And I'm looking at some of the younger people in my life, like my kids, my, my uh, son-in-laws, and I just want to say, man, get in there. Stop trying to wait for the right time to do this. Uh, every person that waits is losing. In fact, one of the people mm -hmm. that, that's mentioned in this article their story is that they waited 18 months to invest in their 401k for their employer. Yeah. And to their estimation, they're going to be about $300,000 shy of where they would have been had they invested 18 months earlier. So That's 18 crazy. months, 300,000 plus. Yep. So this this is a just a reality. Time is your best friend when you're investing, mm -hmm. right? Sure, it's going to go up and down. We talked about all of that. But the sooner you start, the better chance you have that you'll reach your target goal or eventually exceed it. Yep. And a lot of people, as they make this mistake of waiting too long, it comes down to not having information. So they're saying, hey, where should I open my account? Mm -hmm. uh, what do I invest in? And it's basically they're busy and they just don't spend the time to dig in. So if you want to learn, if you want to be educated personally on the investment basics that you need to make or that you need to start with, go back and listen to Getting Money Right, episode 12 and 13. Uh, I would even go back and listen to 11, 12, 13, 14. We also did a great series of investment episodes in, I want to say, episode 92 through 97. But I would go back to the very beginning with episode 11, 12, and 13. And then we'd talk about investing in real estate in episode 14. Start there for your basics. I, I personally remember this happening to me. Mm -hmm. This idea of waiting too long, um, it came for me from a place of a lack of education. And when I got my first job out of college uh, that had a 401k and was kind of a professional job, I had decent income, I finally had some margin in my finances, and I could have invested and I could have had a little bit of a match as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but for the first year and a half to maybe even two years, I think it was only a year and a half, but for the first year and a half, um, I didn't invest. What happened was 2009 and the market had just tanked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I knew nothing about the market. I was in college, not paying attention to the market at all. I mean, I knew a little bit like the news, but even then it was, this was not something I was interested in as a young kid. I was like, no, I got to go to work. I'm working on other things. It wasn't a, a highlight in my mind. 
And I remember I, I did get the investment op, like paperwork from the company for yeah. my 401k. And I looked at it and the rate of return was for one year, five year, 10 year, every, every benchmark, it was negative 1%, negative 3%, negative right. 10% over a, like basically in the last year, the market had gone down in the last five years, the market had gone down in the last 10 years, the market had gone down. This was because it was 2009. We were right at the bottom yeah. of this terrible bust. And so when I looked at the rate of return, I just thought, well, why would I ever invest money? You only lose money Yeah. because I was so simple. Like, I mean, this is just me, a 20, very young 20 year old kid looking at the, at this and saying, oh, well, the, the rate of return is negative in every category. Therefore, I won't invest. Mm -hmm. If I had a broader understanding, I would realize that we were at the low point of the market and that was actually the best time to invest because from 2009, basically to 2020, when Corona hit, <laughs> the market just shot straight up for about yeah. 11 years. And so, so the way I projected this out is for about a year and a half, I didn't invest. And let's say I'd only done like a hundred bucks and the company had matched a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. And so let's say I'd done a hundred dollars, but that's 200 bucks a month over basically 18 months. And so I didn't, I didn't run the exact numbers here, but let's say it was $3,000 that I had just not invested in that first year and a half, 3,000 right. bucks. And that's only $1,500 of my own personal money. Right. Uh, that 3,000, if you take the rule of 72 that we've talked about in our other investment episodes, you'll have to go back and listen to the rules of thumb and the, the investing terms and rules back in episode, I think it was 70, 96, 97, somewhere in there. But if you take the rule of 72 and you do a 10% rate of return, so your money doubles every seven years, give or take, so let's say I was age 20. I think I was maybe slightly older, but 3,000 that would double over seven years. So that'd be 6,000. It would double again and be 12,000. It would double again and be 24,000. It would double again and be 48,000, potentially even double again by the time I hit age 70. Mm -hmm. It would double again. And so from 48, you're now looking at $96,000 that it, my, my overall investment accounts could be lower based on missing out on 18 months, on yep. about a year and a half of investing. Yep. So I experienced this personally. It was because of a lack of knowledge. It was because of fear. And I think that ties right into the next mistake that people make. <laughs> yeah, which is not getting educated on the investment basics earlier. You know, here's the reality. Investing is like anything else. It can be learned. There's a lot of people out there giving financial and investment advice. You can learn it. Now, here's the reality is most of us don't want to be a certified financial planner. Uh, you don't have to go through that certification. You don't have to pass that test. And there's so much information about this. In fact, if you just go to, let's say, Vanguard and you decide, I'm going to open up my own IRA. I'm going to do an investment account. I'm going to open it up. They have all those basics as articles and yeah. videos. So yeah. They'll teach you. They want you to know the basics because they want you to continue to invest. So the information's out there, but you have to make it a priority. Don't wait. Make sure you understand the basics because the basics, as long as you understand the basics, you can operate as an investor. And believe it or not, you'll be better than 70% of the people out there that are investing today because you'll know more than they do. So, you know, take the time. It's something that you can do. This is interesting to me. Um... Uh, so if we, if we make this a rule in our financial life that you don't invest in something that you don't understand mm -hmm. and you do need to be in understand the basics before you jump in, I actually probably made the right choice 
by not investing in the stock market mm -hmm. when I didn't understand it, even right. though that choice will cost me potentially like $96,000 by the right. time I reach age 70. Honestly, it was probably the right choice to first get educated mm -hmm. and then begin investing. Yeah. And so because I could have invested in something that would have been super foolish because I didn't understand it. Right. So here's the point. At that age, at that time, if I had taken two to three hours to listen to, now getting money right wasn't invented yet, Not but yet. if getting money right was out there and I could have listened to episode 11, 12, and 13, and that's about an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and then if I had listened to episode 92 through 97, which is again about two, two and a half hours, so about 30 minutes each. Mm -hmm. If I had listened to about four hours of podcast, I could have had the investment basics that I needed to then start investing and earn an extra $96,000. Yeah. Think about that. Four hours of time invested. Now, this is my particular situation where I had a little company match and I probably could have done a hundred bucks a month. This is, you know, this is based on a lot of different unique nuance in my life, but $96,000 mm -hmm. that four hours of education could have saved me. Now, yeah. the good news is I ended up getting that education about a year and a half into my job. And I ended up starting my investing opportunities about a year and a half into that job. So now I've got the rest of my life to earn right. and grow and learn. So thankfully, I did get educated. I only missed out by a year and a half. But that year and a half is about 96000 bucks. Yeah. And consider that you were only 20 when you didn't make that decision, but you were only maybe 22 by the time you did. Right. And you, so you've got literally 40 plus years before right. you're looking at actual retirement. So yeah, you, you guys are going to be okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually talking about the, the mid-20s to early 30s person or couple that hasn't actually pulled the trigger. They're, they're trying to build up their lifestyle. They're trying to buy a house. They're trying to do all these things. And in our minds, we think, you know, we'll get to that. <laughs> but, but what you're doing is the same thing David did. You're putting it off, and it's going to cost you. Your life is going to get busy. I look at my kids right now. They've got two toddlers walking around all day long, and they've got two on the way, right? So they're both going to have two kids and that's going to keep them plenty busy. They don't have time to become financial experts. Mm -hmm. They don't have time to learn everything. But if they know enough, they know the basics and just start committing a certain amount every month, just get used to not seeing that money, not using that money. I'm telling you, they're going to be at a different place 30, 40 years from now. Yeah. And you don't have to love this topic mm -mm. and be like, you don't have to watch all the investment TV shows, watch, read Money Magazine. Like I, I you know, I subscribed to Money Magazine until <laughs> I think it went out of business, <laughs> but I subscribed to Money Magazine, Kiplinger's Personal Finance. I'm a nerd in this topic, but you don't have to be a nerd. You just have to invest. I, I want to say 17 minutes a day. Uh, listen to a podcast like Getting Money Right or another great resource. Harry Stout was on our podcast a little while ago. Yep. Uh, he wrote a book called The Financial Verse, as in the universe of finances. And he says, spend two hours a week listening to podcasts, like 17 minutes a day. Yep. If you will begin this, you don't have to, like you can spend the other 45 minutes listening to stuff that you love, knitting, cooking, jogging, you know, health issues, like whatever it is, but spend 15 to 17 minutes a day understanding something in this area of personal finance and investing, and it will dramatically change your life. Mm -hmm. That's good. So next one is not investing on a long-term plan. Problem with doing any kind of financial decision or making any kind of financial decision is that if you don't have a plan, it's going to be based on emotions. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, be based on what other people are saying or doing. 
So it's really important that you have a plan for investing. You should have a certain amount that you're putting. Maybe it's a percentage of your income. That you should continue to grow. Maybe get it up to 15%. If you can do that, the sooner the better. But then you have to have a plan on how you're going to do it. And again, this kind of goes back a little bit to the basics. If you understand how to spread out your investment over several areas, what we call diversifying, if you understand that you don't time the market, that you just consistently buy Mm -hmm. what we call dollar cost averaging, if you understand these basic things and you just continue to practice these things, Mm -hmm. then it'll keep your emotions hopefully mostly out of it. It's not that you won't have emotions about it, but if you logically make these decisions and stick to that plan, it's like budgeting, right? Budgeting for us helps us to stick to our overall financial goals because it sets limits, right? If I want to buy something, I have to look at the budget and say, can I do this? Or do I need to save for it? Do I need to wait? It's the same thing with an investment plan. It allows you to put a plan in place that you stick to, that you've thought about all those emotional things and say, okay, I'm not going to sell when the market's going crazy, up and down, up and down, try to time it. So sticking to a plan, having a plan and sticking to it is really, really important. This is why Leo and I love talking about the budget. And it sounds funny, but you know, we've, we've dedicated our first, I don't know, 10 episodes to budgeting, basically. I think episode two through nine was straight on budget categories and creating and managing a budget. The, the important thing here is every time somebody comes to me and asks me about investing or about buying a house, buying a car, you'll hear this on the show all the time. I go back to the budget. Mm -hmm. Do you have that in the budget? Let's look at your actual numbers. Can you afford to invest? I don't know. Let's look at your budget. Mm -hmm. You know, how much debt do you have currently? How much do you have left at the end of each month to begin putting aside towards savings until you have an emergency fund and then begin investing long term? But that lifelong plan, that bigger plan is huge. Before you can invest, you need a longer plan, not just an investment plan. Uh, You need a lifelong plan for your finances, a month-by-month budget with an understanding of what that margin will be as it grows, and then an investment philosophy. And if you don't have a philosophy that you've written down about how you invest, then you will get carried away by every whim, every opportunity, every unique um, individual stock that comes along. You're like, oh, I need to j- jump on that right away because you don't have a philosophy in place that guides your decisions. If you want to create a good investment philosophy, listen to episode 11 through 14 and listen to episode 92 through 97. Um, those will guide you in building your own investment philosophy so that you don't get carried off by the fear of the news or the whims of a magical opportunity to double your money. Um, it will educate you. Yep. That's good. So the next one is over-investing in a single stock. We've talked about this, but obviously, you know, buying individual stocks is not a bad strategy. It right. just can't be your one and only strategy, right? If we look at the market right now, what's been in the news are the the top tech companies, right? Mm-hmm. It's Amazon. It's big time. Facebook, uh, Facebook Google, which is Alphabet. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's Tesla. Yeah. Oh, Tesla, so, big time. So there's a lot of companies there. Well, I won't say a lot. Actually, there's very few companies <laughs> yeah. that are making incredible gains, yep. right? And people, and that's so that's in the news. That's everybody talks about it. So everybody's thinking, well, maybe I should do that, right? I should I should go in that direction. And if you do that, and you put all your money in that stock, and that stock begins to dive down, mm-hmm. which everything goes up and down. Mm-hmm. Nothing goes up forever. Please understand that. So right now, Tesla may be looking like the next 
Amazon or whatever. You know what I right, mean? I mean, right. people usually say that. In fact, there's a newsletter that I get in my feed all the time, and it hmm. annoys me actually at this point <laughs> because they use this marketing strategy to say it's like buying Amazon when it was X, you know, oh, like in yeah. single dollar digits. And really what they're trying to say is, here's the next Amazon, you know, right. jump on this, get on our newsletter, become a member. That's great. Good strategy for them, I guess. But if you think about investing that way, I'm going to find that one investment right? and I'm going to put all my money in there and it's just going to skyrocket and I'm, I'll be rich. It's foolish. In it fact, there's a, there's a proverb that's more than 3,000 years old that actually says that, you know, to, to take your money and to divide it, divide your investments among many places where you do not know what risks may lie ahead, right? We don't know the future. We don't know how a company stock is going to do or how a single stock is going to do. Yes. And it's okay to do some, but it's not okay to put a majority of your money in that. Absolutely. Diversification is key here. And diversification is the fancy investment term for this idea of just dividing your money across several investments. And the risk. And the risk. Right, because some will go up and some will go down. But yes. overall, you'll you'll gain. Yep. Right. So diverse or divide your investments, spread the risk across multiple categories. So you don't want it to all be in technology. Mm -hmm. You don't want it to all be in healthcare. You don't want it to all be in real estate. Uh, there, you don't want it to all be in consumer staple goods. You want to divide it out across multiple industries and multiple companies. Uh, we talk a lot about this in our investing series and we go into buying mutual funds and exchange traded funds and, and index funds and mm -hmm. looking at a fund that carries a hundred different companies inside of it. Right. So you're immediately getting a hundred investments instead of one single company investment. So you're right. immediately diversifying and you could do that five times with five different funds. Mm -hmm. And now you have 500 companies that you're invested in. Uh, there are some investment funds that invest in like 3,000 companies. Mm -hmm. So in one purchase, you could own 3,000 companies. That's pretty neat. Like yeah. that is the neat thing about our market today. We have a very mature stock market that there are some very good options out there that let you immediately diversify and get a full breadth of what's happening in the stock market. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely go back and check out buying mutual funds and exchange traded funds in our previous episodes. Do not invest in a single stock uh, with the majority of your investment dollars. I would say if you ever do a single stock, which is not the end of the world, we talked about IPOs, mm -hmm. um, initial public offerings. And we talked about single stocks back in episode 67. And we talked about these new companies that are that are launching into the stock market and how there might be some opportunity there, especially this past year. But I would not personally ever invest more than 5%. I mm -hmm. think that's really conservative. I think that the general guideline is less than 10% into any individual stock. Right. Because it's kind of like play money at that point. It's like, oh, I can afford to play with 5% of my portfolio or 10% of my portfolio. For me, I'd rather not play with it. I'd rather diversify it. Yeah, but, and, but it's okay. Like, yeah, I mean, our, our long-term focus is we're saving for retirement. We're saving for a time yeah. when we're no longer making an income and we'll need to have an income coming from what we set aside. So if you're doing that, realize that if you're risking more than 10%, your long-term plan may actually be severely damaged. If mm -hmm. let's say you take 50% of your investment and you start investing in single stocks and those stocks don't do well, mm -hmm. now you've just risked potentially years mm -hmm. of investing that you've lost out on 
because there's not as much money on the table that can continue to, to build. So yep. it's, it's risky because it's one stock. Yeah. And listen, I, for those of you that are as old as I am, you probably remember Enron. It was the darling of Wall Street at one point, like many right. of those existed right. the in the past. the late 90s, yep. Yeah, and this company was could do no wrong. But yet, then it just caved in. And when it did, everything was lost. Yeah. I mean, people lost significant amount of money when they were because they were invested. And I remember one particular story, and this actually leads us into the next mistake, which is over-investing in an employer stock. I remember this lady came on on the, one of the news pieces that was done at that time, and she had invested, she was an employee, first and foremost, so she lost her job when oh. Enron collapsed, but she also had invested in the company stock $750,000. Wow. It was her entire investment, oh. right? I mean, if you would have talked to her six months earlier, she would have told you, I work at the best company, I mm -hmm. got an incredible retirement coming, and I've got a good job, and in one day, it all went away. Yeah. And not only did she lose her job, which you could always get another job, right? But right. you cannot come up with seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, that quickly. Well, and you can always shame. get another job, but if you're leaving Enron, whose yeah. you know reputation was hugely tarnished, it may be difficult for you to get a job in the financial sector or yeah. in the energy sector because because that is on your resume. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, this the high risk. Mm -hmm. Not only because your career is tied to that company potentially, um, but also if all your finances are tied into that. And think about that. I mean, just what you said. She basically was a millionaire. Uh, probably if you added in her other net worth, maybe from her home, she was basically a millionaire with a great job. Mm -hmm. And six months later, she was almost completely destitute. I yeah. mean, yeah, I don't want to sound overly crazy, but but seriously, in no her job. mind, I mean, from That's what I recall, she was wreck. yeah, yeah, she was at the bottom. Yeah. So um, we have another good story. This actually came right out of the Sound uh, Mind Investing news article, but I thought it was worth putting in here. This is a quote. This is somebody saying, they said, our biggest mistake was saving for a down payment on a house by investing in the stock of the company that my wife worked for. So again, this is employer stock. We were in our mid-20s. We didn't have kids. Uh, and we were living off of just the guy's salary. And she was working for a telecom company. Uh, and was able to buy their stock at a 15% discount, mm. which sounds really good because if the stock is worth 100 bucks and you can buy it for 85, you're kind of like, great, immediately you have a $15 spread. That's great. Uh, so they did. They put in most of her salary. So think about this. They're living off of his salary, putting in most of her salary into that stock. Wow. Uh, and in just a couple of years, they had $85,000 saved to put towards a house. Then about a year later, the stock was worth only 15000 Wow. And so they had invested a huge amount of their money because of the initial discount. And it was a great, hey, there's a huge discount. This company is obviously doing well. It's a telecom company, which was kind of the technology stocks of the day. You know, think back to AT&T and mm -hmm. Southwest Bell and all that good stuff, Southwestern yeah. Bell. Um, and he said, it still hurts to think about it. So uh, that's the end of the quote there. But Again, we want to remind you, a general guideline is somewhere between 5 to 10% of your total investable assets into any kind of company stock. Uh, do take advantage of a 15% discount, but take advantage up to maybe 5% of your portfolio. Yeah, yeah. Then not three years those. worth of income. Right, right. not three years <laughs> worth of income. That exactly, hurts. exactly. I feel for them. So um, just like this is huge and we just can't emphasize it enough. Don't invest too much in a single stock or into your employer stock. Mm-hmm. 
So just a couple more here as we close is one is over delegating the responsibility of managing their investments. So these are people who hired a financial planner or somebody who invested their money for them. But unfortunately, they did not know enough about this person or about this investment and they just trusted the person. So mm -hmm. that's one of the things that happens there. That ties into the other common investment mistake of investing into opportunities <laughs> with unusually high rates of return that end up being scams or ripoffs or they have super high risk and the person didn't know it. And then the final common mistake is trying to time the market. And mm -hmm. we did a whole bunch about trying to time the market in our investment series uh, in episodes 92 through 97. So go back and check those out. These are the common mistakes. These are the things that we've all done. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I started out the episode talking about the one I did, waiting too long, not getting educated in the basics early enough, um, not living on a long-term plan, too busy with other things, not having margin, like an actual budget and savings before you begin investing, uh, over-investing in a single stock, doing an employer stock to too high of a degree. All of these different things is what can set your investment plans back. And so we hope this has been a great episode and we hope that you've enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode. And if it was helpful to you, you can hear more by subscribing to our podcast, either on Apple Podcast or any other app that you're using. And if you'd like what you're hearing, please rate and leave us a review so that more people will find and benefit from this content. To gain access to the podcast show notes, financial tools, and other relevant content, visit leosabo.com where you can find out more about what I'm doing and some of the tools that are available to you. Uh, so please go check that out. David, where can people go to find out more about what you're up to? Yeah, come hang out on stewardshippastors.com. We've got a bunch of great resources, videos, and tools. A, a little bit towards your personal finances, but really uh, a biblical perspective on managing money well and how to help churches and pastors to create and share this kind of biblical stewardship material with their congregation. So come over to stewardshippastors.com and especially check out the book. Jesus on Money uh, by David Thompson, myself, and come check it out. I think that you'll really enjoy the opportunity to dig into what Jesus said about stewardship, finances, possessions, money, and what it looks like to be a good manager. Well, again, thank you for joining us, and we hope that you'll join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. I would not personally ever invest more than 5%. I mm -hmm. think that's really conservative. I think that the general guideline is less than 10% into any individual stock. Right. Because it's kind of like play money at that point. It's like, oh, I can afford to play with 5% of my portfolio or 10% of my portfolio. For me, I'd rather not play with it. I'd rather diversify it. Mm -hmm.